0: Thank you to our generous underwriters of Sharper Iron, the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information, and Luther Classical College, a college for Lutherans by Lutherans, opening in fall 2025. Learn more at lutherclassical.org. On this Tuesday, April 18th, we are studying 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 11. In today's text, Saint John teaches us that true knowledge of God goes together with guarding his word and keeping his commandment so that we would walk in the light of Christ's love instead of the darkness of hatred for our brother. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us returning guest, Pastor Jason Shockman. Pastor Shockman serves at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Walk, Wisconsin. Pastor Shockman, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Thanks. Glad to be back, Pastor Apple. Good to have you with us. Give us some context today. We're in 1 John chapter 2. What should we know about this epistle? What St. John has been writing as we look at the verses we've got for today?
1: So, the verses we have for today, uh large in part are St. John going after the Gnostics yet again. Um as they uh So, <laughs> this is fun, right? There's a there's a one of the commentators that talks about a couple of bad actors in the congregation in the area there that John is writing to, uh, and that John's actually sending missionaries into the congregation, ac- accompanied by these two letters by Second, well, by Second John and Third John anyway, uh, and First, First John is him writing to the church as a whole, um, it, about these teachings that are coming around uh, and how they need to stay true to the gospel that they first learned. From him, Uh, the 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 hat tip to who he's dealing with uh, comes early on in our reading in chapter two, verse three, uh, when John uses the word uh, gnosis, uh, which is the word for knowledge, or also with the root word for gnostics, uh, who John is actually writing against. Um, So that's he's going to deal with people who say they know something special. But seem to not actually cling to the word of Christ uh, that he has given us. Um, So they say they know him, but they don't actually know him.
0: Hmm. All right. So let's, with that introduction, let's just jump into this text because John is going to just keep developing these themes that he's been developing all along. We're going to keep learning more about what these words are that he's been using all along, words like knowledge, as you've already brought out. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big one in our text today. So let's just go ahead and, and get his words to us this morning. This is 1 John 2, beginning at verse 3. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. That's our text for today. That's First John 2, verses 3 to 11. All right, Pastor Stockman, so we get a lot of knowledge, language, especially in that first verse. By this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. I have a hard time telling you exactly where to start, but maybe let's start with that, the idea of knowing here as St. John begins to lay it out in our text.
1: So we know what we know because of what we know, and that's how we know it. That's right. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Um, Explain that.
1: (laughs) Right. So... John, again, he's, he's talking to people who have come into contact with Gnostics, who, who teach that Jesus came to bring this, this secret knowledge. Uh, and, and once you've got that secret knowledge, then you, then you really know. Uh, but, but their understanding of who God is and how God works and what God's goal is, is completely divorced from, oh, let's say, uh, the Old Testament in general. Right? They really have a, a different system of understanding God than anything that's come before this Jesus is the man of, is the revelation of God in the flesh. Uh, and so literally John stacks up just about every way that he can say the word know no, or gnosis or knowledge uh, in about every form that he can and he lays it all on this one idea. If we, if we say we know the know Christ, right. Then it's all going to be revealed based on his commandments. And the word for commandments there is pretty general. Uh, we could actually, to better understand John's use of the word for commandment, we would have to run back to how Jesus uses the word commandment in the, in the, upper room conversation that he has in the gospel of John uh, chapter like that's chapters 14 through 17 or through 16 rather, and then 17, the high priestly prayer uh, where Jesus is talking about these commandments and what he's referring to is all the words that he said, Uh, not necessarily referring back to say like the moral law or the, the 10 commandments, but the teachings the doctrines that Jesus has given so if you want to say that you know Jesus you're gonna it's gonna be revealed by whether or not you teach the things that Jesus taught or do you have some other version of what Jesus said right that that's really the crux of what verses 3 and 4 are talking about and even and even 5
0: well, so with, with that, then I think not only do we need to understand the word commandments as you were explaining it, but we also need to understand what it means that we keep His commandments. Mm-hmm. I, because I, I think most of us hear that in English, and we think of obeying His commandments, doing what He told me to do, which is part of it. But it, based on what you were saying, that's not all of it. Oh, okay? not even close. <laughs> uh, this is This has become...
1: Uh, In probably the last three or four years of my ministry, uh, this has become my favorite word in the New Testament.
0: I was hoping you would tell me what it was, because you mentioned (laughs) that there's your favorite word in this text, and I didn't know which one it is. So it's the word keep.
1: It is. It's the word terreo, right? Or terrain, depending on which form John uses it in. Because he uses it uh, three different ways let me just make sure I'm looking at the Greek here. Yeah. In verse three, he uses it. In verse four, he uses it in a completely different construction, but it's the same word. And then in verse five, he uses it again in another uh, different construction from those one in verse four, but always with the same intention, right? And this is beautiful. So in verse three, it's if we keep, if we rein, that is to keep his commandments, right? And then in verse four, uh, uh, da, da, da. whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments. So that's kind of like a, a future deal, right? If you, if you say it, but you don't do it, now well, we got a problem there. Um, sorry, that's not future. That's subjunctive. Uh Yeah. For all the grammar nerds out there.
0: <laughs> All right,
1: I feel. Oh no, that one is that one is. Uh, it's five. That's subjunctive. It's an on uh, construction. So uh, the, uh, this isn't the time, right? We're not. We're not going to the grammarian's corner here. Uh, no,
0: not not in this show. You're right.
1: So here here's the long <laughs> and short of it. Uh, keep is used in the New Testament uh, by John in chapter seventeen, verses seven and eight. So maybe to get a a little perspective on how John uses this
0: word, we should go there. All right. So So the Gospel Gospel of John, 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 Gospel of John, chapter seventeen, chapter seventeen, verses seven and eight, which is a part of that prayer that Jesus speaks. Priestly prayer. Yep. So I'll I'll go ahead and read those verses for us, and then you can get. Let me give you a
1: little setup. Uh, Notice who gives what to who.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Notice who gives what to whom. John 17, verses 7 and 8, this is Jesus praying. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. So, how does that help us understand the word keep? That okay. Got, got so, here in 1 John 2.
1: This is all about giving and receiving. Uh, God the Father has given Jesus things people should know, right? They have know, they know that everything you have given me is from you. So God gave Jesus things to give to the disciples. And, and Jesus, in verse 8, Jesus has given them those things. And what are those things? The words. The words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that i came from you so god the father gives to god the son god the son gives to the disciples the disciples receive these things that are given these words that are given and by these words that are given they know in truth Is, so then- does that does that have anything to do with obedience
0: well, it's that's not where it starts. It's certainly not where it starts. That's all about being given and receiving and I suppose then faith says amen. It uh, is so.
1: Correct. Correct. And so Jesus continues, right? Uh by the time he gets down to verse 17, he just flat out says, "Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth." Hmm. So, this this word keep uh s- Seems to lean on this idea of receiving and passing on, receiving and cherishing, receiving and guarding, receiving and keeping that which has been given.
0: Right? So so you with
1: you with me so far?
0: I'm with you. So okay. so keeping is going to be more than obeying, m-
1: way more than obeying. It's That's about right. cherishing. It's about uh, it's about trusting. It's about believing. It's about uh, holding as valuable and sacred that that which is entrusted to you, right? It's mm-hmm. and it's all in the context of a relationship of giving and receiving, mm-hmm. where God gives, the Son gives.
0: We receive. Okay. So and this is related then to the to the knowledge. Yeah. The the way that we know that we know is by keeping, by cherishing, holding on to, guarding what has been given to us by Jesus. Which are his words. And those are his words. Right. Not and and so there again, that understanding of commandments is once again broader than commandments in the sense of, sometimes we think of it in law and gospel terms as Lutherans, there we're going to understand commandments in in a broader sense, his words, his his teaching, his doctrine.
1: His law and gospel in total, not specifically uh, um, an application of the moral law, say, by which all of us would fall short and wonder... How the dick, how the dickens am I ever going to get in because <laughs> right? Right. Uh, I think I have some semblance of an idea of the darkness of my own heart, although Jeremiah would say that I can't even understand that um, right but right uh, but in receiving that which Christ gives me and and in keeping it in treasuring it, in valuing it, uh there's another place. Where a New Testament author uses this term um, that is probably more familiar to most of our listeners uh, than these texts in John. So let's take what we learned about this word Tereo uh, in 1 John chapter two, and how John uses it in the, the high context of the high priestly prayer, right? Let's take what we've learned there and go apply it to say, a passage we probably all know pretty well, like Matthew 28, verse 20.
0: I already flipped there because I thought that might be where you were going to go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this is Matthew 28, verse 20. I'm going to start in... in Actually, I'm going to start in verse 18 just to get the full context of what Jesus says sure. here. Sure. So this is Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i am with you always to the end of the age now that's the english translation from the english standard version which is what i regularly read here on sharper iron i don't have the greek right in front of me on that passage but if i'm not mistaken the word tereo is the word that's translated observe in the English standard version.
1: Ding, ding, ding. That is correct.
0: Uh, that is so. Correct. Why? Why is that important for our conversation with First John chapter two and the, our understanding of the idea of keeping?
1: Yeah, because I don't. I think again, we take this observe and turn it into what we do, and not what we believe, and not what we cherish, and not what we hand on to those we have been given to hand it to right how do you make disciples in Matthew 28 you baptize and you teach them and what do you teach them you teach them all the words all the things that I've commanded you that sounds that sounds a lot like uh, keeping these commandments in first John right you teach them to vouchsafe all that I've commanded you and I love I love translating this Tereo verb as vouchsafe. Here's why. Nobody talks that way. It's true. <laughs> so, so if I translate it that way, then I get to tell you what it means.
0: <laughs> so tell me what it means.
1: Okay. So, exact, And it means exactly what we've been talking about in First John. So sorry for being a little Johannine and talking in circles here. That's uh, right.
0: We're going to come back to where we started. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, but uh, vouchsafe is to be entrusted with something that isn't yours, that you value and cherish, and that you give other people to value and cherish it after you. Right. Um, yeah. So when, for instance, a family heirloom is, is entrusted to you, maybe, maybe before you you actually inherit it, right? You are given to vouchsafe this inheritance for someone else. Maybe you're not even the one that's going to inherit it. But you are given to watch over it for someone's self, and so, or someone else. And so you, you vouchsafe that which is not your own in order to share it with another. The other way, by the way, that this word is used throughout the New Testament is in terms of, hey, you soldier, watch that tomb. Hey, you prison guard, watch that prisoner. Guard, te reo, that thing. Right? Mm. So it's not their own. It's not that they can obey that prisoner, or it's not that they're supposed to obey that tomb, but they are to watch over it. They've been entrusted with this thing, and it's their job to keep it safe. To keep it pure.
0: Hmm.
1: And then to make sure it is in the same condition to be handed on to the next person that follows them.
0: So with all of that in mind, the way that, that John, and you said he uses this verb multiple times, mm-hmm. just to to take us back into again, this is the English standard translation, John, first John two three and following, by this we know that we have come to know him, if we guard, if we vouchsafe, if we value, if we cherish his commandments, and whoever you... says, I know him, but does not vouchsafe, does not guard and cherish his commandments, is is a, but does not, and that one is a liar, the truth is not in him. Why, why is it important that we have that fuller understanding of this word to understand what John's getting at in these verses?
1: Well, if we think it's about obedience and just obedience, or if we think it's just about the moral law, that's going to turn all of us into Pharisees. Hmm. All right. A- and we're all going to go around looking at whether, hmm. you know, looking at the uh, the litmus test of the purity of the practice of, of our neighbor uh, and heavens to Betsy, it, you know, we're here in Wisconsin and if you fly your Ohio state Buckeye flag, you're in big trouble. I mean, <laughs> We might have to put your salvation in question there. Right. I mean, I live in Packer country. I am not a
0: Packer fan. You probably shouldn't have just admitted that on the radio. Oh,
1: believe me. Anybody that knows me knows. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, I grew up, I grew up in Ohio, man. There's one football team we root for. Um, So, but, but the, the illustration here is right. You could, you could buy all rights seriously call into question someone's faithfulness to the gospel if if the idea of keeping the commandments is all about evaluating someone's practice. And if it's the sum total of knowing whether or not you know Christ is based on your ability to keep the law, to keep the commandments, to keep the moral code, the church will never be united it will only be divided and we will we will each be divided from one another but but isn't that the very thing that john goes on to say we shouldn't do i mean let's get to the next part of the text right
0: well and i'm i'm even thinking backwards here in, in 1 john with his language, to talk about the unity of the church he's talked oh, about yeah. how what he's what he's giving here is going to bring about fellowship koinonia yeah. it's going to bring about a sharing in the gospel and with each other, with the apostolic doctrine, and ultimately a, a fellowship, a koinonia, with Christ, Christ and with the Father. Yeah. So, I mean, right, it's it's not going to be something that divides. And even just this very holistic understanding of the word keep fits perfectly with what John just got done writing about the importance of walking in the light, which we connected to the word of Christ, that is both command and promise, and that we would say the same thing that he has said which includes admitting that we're sinners
1: yeah so wait to, you, you mean what you're saying is that we should like say the same words and value the same judge the same words and teachings as jesus
0: yes huh which is what john is saying again <laughs> in other language in our text it sounds like absolutely all right so, so, you mean keeping, John, now, you mean
1: John's talking in circles again?
0: We we have to keep coming back around to what he said before and what he says after to keep mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. what he gives us, which is is one of the marvelous things about John's writings in the scriptures is that it does you know continue to force you back into the text to read to understand to to rejoice in what God has given us in His Word.
1: And and, and something you made mention of, right? That we and it's actually not just something you mentioned, but crucial. We have to be willing to confess we are sinners. And, and if I can confess that I'm a sinner and in the need of Christ's forgiveness, then I don't have any standing by which to hold someone else outside of that forgiveness, because I need the same forgiveness they need.
0: Hmm. So, okay, well, let's see. We're, which which we'll get to in, in so many circles. I know. <laughs> Kind of sure. I'm not entirely sure where where to take us next. So I'm just going to read again. By this we know that we have come to know him if we cherish, if we vouchsafe and guard his Words. teaching, his yeah. word. There you go. Which is not just obedience, but I, I do want to just put this out there too. We're not going to forget about obedience. Correct. John's not going to let us take that word and then not live. You know, he's he's already told us in the previous text again that he's writing these things so that we wouldn't sin. Correct. He he doesn't want us to keep on sinning. So we're not going to throw obedience out, but it's just not going to be the starting place, and it's not going to be the only thing that's involved in the keeping aspect here. All right, so whoever says, I know him, there's that language of knowledge again, but does not guard and vouchsafe his doctrine. That person is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Well, let's 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 talk about that negative aspect. Sure. Because we've got about two minutes here before the sure. break. We'll we'll get into to the idea of the love of God being perfected on the other side. So sure. talk about that negative aspect.
1: Sure. Here. So whoever says I know him but does not cherish his word, oh well, that person's a liar. And the truth. You catch the definite article there. The truth, right? That is Christ Himself is not in him. So, so so if you're saying that you're all a big, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a great, I'm a great, you know, I'm a good Christian. I, I, I loved, I love the Lord. But then you go ahead and say like, you know, but I, I think that um, it's, it's okay to do things that God has said specifically in his word we should not do. You illustrate that you really don't know him, That you don't value his, his word. And you, you, in fact, don't have the truth, the spirit of truth, in you. That, that is a s- startling place to be.
0: Yeah. And that's not where John would have us be, so he gives us that warning so that he can encourage us to the truth, to hold on to, to cherish, to guard, to vouchsafe the word of Christ— so that in that person, in us, the love of God would be perfected. We're gonna pick that thought up oh, on the nice. other side of the break. Alt flayed. You're listening to Sharper Iron here on KFUO. We're talking to Pastor Jason Shockman this morning about first John chapter two. We'll be right back Please you stick around. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Tuesday, April 18th. We're studying 1 John chapter two, verses three through eleven, with Pastor Jason Shockman. He serves at Saint Paul's Lutheran Church in Economa, Walk, Wisconsin. Pastor Shockman. Prior to the break, we're talking about verse five of the text. So we pick right back up where we left off. Whoever keeps, cherishes, guards, vouchsafes Christ's word in that person, in him, truly the love of God is perfected. What's John saying there?
1: Uh if you do vouchsafe or keep the the word of Christ, uh, then the love of God uh is to tell us to tell a does that sound like somebody else's word that we're gonna hear in about
0: a week? That's right. That's right. The word To telestai is the word of Good Friday.
1: Yeah, it is. It's that it is finished, right? It is brought to its telos, its telios. uh, That is, the love of God, if you do, if you are, or not necessarily if as a conditional sentence, but when you are, uh, when you are cherishing the word of Christ— then the love of God in you is reaching its goal. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty cool,
0: right? The love of talk, God. Talk in more you about is Talk more goal. about this word, to which in in John nineteen, as Jesus speaks it from the cross, is normally translated "it is finished." Here in the ESV, it's translated "perfected," which maybe doesn't give again the full concept of this word what what is being communicated here about the love of god being to telestine um so you
1: know? tell telos i was i was just talking about this with my uh, with my eighth grade kids uh the the telos of a thing or for instance like teleology or teleology is the the study of the process of things right uh, we have all these intricate systems that work within our body that keep us alive and keep us going. And, and the purpose of those systems, it, it, that doesn't happen on accident. So all of that does, and the study of all of that would point us toward a creator. So there's, in the study of teleology, how the purpose of everything works together, for instance, in a body, points us to evidence for a creator that word telos is about something reaching its goal right so when the the word of christ dwells in you richly what what is this what is the stated goal of that word of christ dwelling in us richly what 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 is it trying to do right um it is it is it is not trying, but it is accomplishing something in us. And what it's accomplishing in us is, well, is a, a, a deliberate, um, intentional, uh, m- uh, oh, come on the word just ran away from me. I hate it when that happens, which, you know, every now and then that happens. Um, that's right. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It just totally ran away. Uh, that, that God has a, a purpose and a plan in, in delivering this word to us. And when we know him, we are, By that word kept in him, Uh, we might talk third article and the Holy Spirit working to keep us in the faith, right? Working to sanctify us and keep us in the faith through that word. And the word of God has a goal. And the goal is, there it is, it came back. And the goal is the absolution of the sinner which declares him to be made holy, that is, sanctified, to be made righteous and declared a part of the Son who was given by the Father, who came to give what the Father gave so that we would receive and know the truth that God gave through the sun in order that we might actually know that we know the truth of the work of god through his word in us did i go johannine enough on that one for you
0: i think you 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 brought back all of the terms that john has been using so far i'm going to keep pressing us forward oh, because please. i think i i think that those same words are going to help us just understand exactly what's going on as he continues then By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So I think we want to just keep connecting all of this to remaining in the truth, guarding, cherishing, vouchsafing the word that has been given to us, and this is how we know that we are in him. And now John uses the language of walking to further illuminate that. Well, yeah. (laughs) yeah i i
1: don't have anything to add right there i mean that you just said it all
0: (laughs) all right so yeah well and, and as you were talking i was like well then it's just john is saying again the same thing but using now again this language of walking which we've heard him talk about before and and that walking language is again tied to the word of christ to give the old testament connection your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path so that that staying with the word, vouchsafing, cherishing, guarding, that continues as John now says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked, tied intimately to the word of Christ. In verse 7 then, John addresses his readers, his hearers, as those who are beloved. Perhaps before we go any further than that, talk a little bit just about that address that John would call these people beloved.
1: They are the ones loved by God.
0: And, that sounds familiar too,
1: yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and and if the, how do they know they're loved by God? Because the word. because they have the Word, and what has the Word declared to them that they are loved by God? And and it goes around and around, and it gets circular. And if you if you have to if you feel like the only way to really know what's going on is to rationally understand it and and reason it out. John is going to have you running in circles, because he keeps going back to the well. And the well is this. Christ is the incarnate Word of God, whom the Father has given, that we may know the Father's love, that in him we might be the beloved.
0: John writes then to the beloved in verse 7 he starts talking about, I'm not writing a new commandment. That's an old one you had from the beginning. He says the old commandment is the word that you've heard, but at the same time, it's new. So talk now about how John, he brings up the word commandment again. It's a singular commandment this time, and he calls it both old and new. What's John saying here?
1: Well, I, th- I think I think John gets a little squishy on uh, s- synonym, syn- synonyms, not synonyms. When you use a word in a different form, but you mean to refer to the same thing. Hmm. Right. I don't, I don't think he makes a really big distinction between the plural and the single of the commandment or the commandments. Okay. Right. Because when ultimately it comes down to it, what we're talking about is the old commandment is the word that you heard. And I'm not giving you any new word. It's an old word that you've had from the beginning. and at the same time, it is a new word that I'm writing to you, which is true in him. So why is it new? It's new because it's fulfilled in Christ in a new way. And as we receive it in Christ, it's not just this word. Because, because the darkness now in Christ is, is being removed. It's passing away. Hmm. And the true light, the true light, the light of Christ, uh, think back to the prologue of John's gospel, right? Uh, the light that has come into the world, which is the life of men, it's shining already. And that, that light um, is, is Christ. And so whoever says that he is in Christ uh, but still hates his brother is still in the darkness again. What's it mean to hate your brother? Well, oh, you're spending all your time judging whether or not your brother is doing the right thing, or saying the right thing, or or uh, behaving in an appropriate way. Uh, you can find all kinds of reasons to have fault with your brother, but you just don't love him,
0: right? Here's here's the reason. Uh, just to, before yeah. we, I I, I want to get there, but before the reason that I I. I noted the singular nature of this commandment, mm-hmm. is, is not necessarily to distinguish it from commandments, but more to draw attention, thinking back to the gospel, in John chapter 13, when Jesus is there in the upper room, yeah. he uses this language, and he says, a new commandment yep. I give to you, that you would love one another. And the as I have loved you. That's the way it finishes. And the way that you just explained the difference between, or the distinction between old and new is precisely what we talked about when we looked at that. Yeah. That what makes it new is the way that we've seen this fulfilled in Jesus. It's it's not that the Lord never told his people to love each other in the Old Testament, but he now shows the fulfillment. And in that way, it's it's new in Jesus because of that greatest love that he has shown by laying his, his life down for us. Yeah. And that's why I, I think there's a, some intentionality on John's part here in using the word commandment, not to distinguish it so much from commandments, but to re- recall those words of Christ in John 13 for us.
1: Sure, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second your argument by saying that's why he puts the word, the ha-logos, the uh, right in the center of the preamble, so verses seven and eight kind of set the preamble for the argument that he lays out in nine and ten and eleven, and right in the middle of verses seven and eight is where he nails the word. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and even and I, I tell me if you if you what you think of this the an old commandment that you had from the beginning, that language of from the beginning, is language that John used at the beginning of this epistle, one yeah. verse one in First John, that which was from the beginning. And then he he talks about in his gospel in the first chapter in the first verse that in the, the word was there in the beginning. So I wonder if that also oh, yeah. is, is related to that. Oh yeah,
1: I I don't think uh, I don't think anyone who's a uh, uh, reading John's letter, right? That he that he writes to be read publicly to the church, right? I don't think anybody that that. Is connect or knows John, or is a disciple of John, or, or has been studying with John, or listening to John, or even under John's pastoral care, takes lightly when John uses words like, in the beginning, or from the beginning. That's, that's loaded language with John, right? And we saw it, like you pointed out, we saw it in the beginning of this epistle, we saw it at the beginning of his gospel, and it even refers back to the very beginning. Of Genesis
0: one, one. Yeah. Right. Right. Which in Genesis one, you get the distinction between light and darkness. Yep. God spoke, let there be light. So there you have the word. The word is speaking light. And John two is is also going to talk about light and darkness yet again here. As you, you said, the commandment is new because it's true in Christ. And because the darkness is passing away, the true light is already shining. Keep, keep pushing us forward into John's words here. So at the
1: same time, right, so now we're in verse 8, right? At the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you, uh, which is true in Christ, and it's true in you. Hmm. It's true in you. Well, why is it true in you? Now we got to go back. Because you keep this commandment. Because you—, but you not just obey. Not just obey. Because you abide in him. If we can use some other Johannine language. Yeah. Right? Uh, at the same. All right? So then we, we get to the, that's that's what's going on. And verse end of verse 8, the true light is already shining. The darkness is passing away. So here's the argument in 9. Whoever says he's in the light, but he hates his brother? Well, does he really? Is he really? I don't know. You got it. There's, there's some lack of trusting God's word there. Uh, whoever, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him, there is no cause for stumbling. Hmm. There's no reason to not. Or rather, there's, he, he is trusting the word of Christ. He is sharing the forgiveness of Christ. He is, uh, when called to repentance, willing to say, oh, yeah, I'm a sinner too. There's no cause for stumbling, right? That is, he's willing to say, I'm a sinner. He's not the man that says, oh, well, I don't have any sin. Therefore, God becomes a liar. Right? He's not that guy, right? So again, John, John goes back to what he said at the end of chapter one. He's just illustrating it from a different standpoint. Mm-hmm. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him if we say we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us if jesus is the light then the only way we can walk in the light is to be in jesus and the only way we can know that we are that we know jesus is if we know his word should this we should we of- go in a circle again
0: <laughs> well so let me, I'm going to, I'm going to move us to the the gospel again with yeah. this language of light, darkness, and especially blindness. I think of John chapter nine, where Jesus heals the man born blind and particular after he goes, he comes back to the man born blind and he reveals to that man that Jesus, he says, I am, you know, he calls himself the son of man, that man born blind falls down and worships and the Pharisees are, are standing by and they start talking about, well, are, are we blind then? And Jesus says, "That's because you claim to see. That's why you're actually blind." Mm-hmm. And it seems that 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 relates very much to what John's writing here.
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, that word stumble uh, might actually, if we go back and look at that word stumble, that might actually help us um, illustrate your your point a little clearer, right? Go for it. So that word stumble, um, uh, it it's not just a. a, a losing your balance uh, p- potentially actually falling down and then getting back up right it, it's 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 a it's a, a scandal on
0: hmm.
1: uh, it is it is to be caught in such a trap that metaphorically the, you you are you are done for That, that, so the so this the, the stumbling
0: him. here is as you said is not just uh it's not just falling over because you can't see I mean thinking about the idea of darkness and blindness yeah but, oh. but here we're talking more about I mean this is essentially I think faith and unbelief yes what we're talking about
1: yes and so right right now we got to go back to uh, is keep about obey obedience well I'm telling you. In verse 10, whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there's no cause for disbelief. There's no cause for rejecting the gospel. There's no cause for spiritually being severed from the life, which is the light of men.
0: Because he's, because he's keeping, cherishing, vouchsafing the word of Christ. Yeah. Which so here I'm going to push back a little bit more with this with the obedience again because yep. then obedience finds its place in that yes and absolutely it finds its proper place in that and yeah. and I, I mentioned this in a, a previous conversation on First John that I what I think this is where we would we could see how Luther in his explanation to the petitions of the Lord's prayer where he gets this maybe not just from First John but from the scriptures that for example to hallow God's name both involves Teaching God's word purely and leading a holy life according to the word of God. Yeah, and and that same thought shows up in the second petition and in the third petition and the in the explanations that Luther gives. Kind of, so kind of not throw well obedience the, out, but we find it yeah. we find its correct place when we when we get this right.
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of pretty pretty well all through the the explanation of the Lord's prayer, right? Uh, and, and rightly so. Uh, and so um, you know the other the other way Luther would talk about it is that faith is this living, busy, and active thing yeah right so you know um we we if we go to the augsburg confession right we could talk about the article of new obedience right that's uh what is that 6 um yeah right so that that is this gospel that justifies us article 4 right uh that is preached to us that we might obtain such saving faith article 5 has a purpose it has it's it has, a, it, it has a to tell us, to tell a, oh, tie. It has a tell us, right? It has a tell us. It has a goal, and and the goal is that we love our neighbor, and that we bear the light of Christ, and that we that we actually bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and that and that we obey, but not out of some pro forma necessity but that we do so because we have been loved. We do so because his word abides in us, because we have received that which Christ has given, and by the work of his spirit through his word, we vouch it safe to others. So obedience is a fine thing, but if we use it as a measure, Or if we use it as a marker, we turn the gospel into the law. Obedience is a fine thing, and it should be encouraged. And we should, should don't shoot on me, right? That's that was (laughs) that was a summer Greek thing for us. Remember that, Um, right? We we should go (laughs) on, right? We we. By the work of God through his word in us, we do love our neighbor, and we do want what's best for our neighbor, and we do see God working through our vocations in order to to love and serve our neighbor. And so, uh, we rejoice in the opportunity to live according to the commandments, and we fail miserably
0: at it. (laughs) And when we do, we have an advocate with the Father, oh, Jesus Christ, the righteous one.
1: Amen. Right? And if we, if we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And there we stand before him again saying, hey, God, I, got, I, got, I need forgiveness, and I, and, I, and I got nothing to offer you. And he says, receive my word and bear it safe for others because they're going to need it too. And that's how you share the light of Christ.
0: So, and again, I mean, just to, so I'm thinking forward in 1 John now. Oh, careful. We we love. <laughs> when you think forward
1: first, in 1 John, right, you know where you're, gonna you're gonna have to go going to end up going. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. So we love because he first loved us in chapter four, one of the more famous passages from this epistle, I think. But again, yeah. all connected those words of Jesus from John 13, this new commandment, which is new because of what he's done, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. That it, it, it starts with the love that God has fulfilled and so made new in his son, Jesus Christ. And it's only in that love that there's any love at all in us. And the way that love of Christ comes to us is when we hold on to the word, when we guard, we keep it. We vouch it safe. Thank you. I think I was saying we we vouch, uh, we vouch it safe. Uh, what a, what a wonderful. I don't know, Pastor Shockman. There's just we keep coming back, but it's it's better every time. <laughs> uh, as I said, in the last
1: three years, this has become my favorite word in the New Testament. It really has. This this love this this life that is given to us in christ this baptized life that is rooted in the word as the spirit is working through word and sacrament to enlighten us to sorry to call us by the gospel to enlighten us with his gifts to sanctify and to keep us in the one true faith it is all about receiving and giving Receiving the love of Christ in word and sacrament. Giving the love of Christ to those around us. Because none of it's ours. But we have been entrusted with a word. We have been entrusted with a doctrine. We have been entrusted with a love. A love that forgives. A love that calls to repentance but a love that does so gently for the sake of the other. Not because, not because the one calling for repentance stands aside and aloof and casts judgment, but because in love, the one who calls to repentance sees the long-term effect of where that, where that beloved stands and doesn't want that for them and so in love they call to repentance and they deliver the word that they have been entrusted with and they they guard it and they keep it and they they want to vouch it safe to those who come after
0: yeah and and in that word there is life there is light there is truth there's all the good things that Christ would give to us so that we would have fellowship with him yeah. have fellowship with each other have fellowship with the Father and and not only now but but for all
1: eternity. Oh, and, and I mean there's the there's the whole bucket, right? Forgiveness, life, salvation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. These gifts of God are for you, dear listener. Pastor Jason Shockman serves at Saint Paul's Lutheran Church in walk, Wisconsin. He has been helping us today to study first John chapter two verses three to eleven. Pastor Shockman, thanks for being our guest today. Very welcome. I'm your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. If you have any questions about the first epistle of St. John, please send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. It's always a joy to hear from you. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow.